0: Good morning again to you. Fear, I think what uh, Sam has shared just now—the uh, fear factor. I wonder if you remembered uh, a TV reality show called the Fear Factor, Sam. The Fear Factor, and that's where the contestant was put into three stages, where it challenges challenges them to overcome their fear. And you go from one stage to second stage and the third stage, and that will be actually drop out in each of the stages. And then finally you have the winners overcoming all these fears with the shortest time or whatever. But the fear is there. And one of the tasks the contestant were asked to do was to eat a Madagascar. Dung beetle. Madagascar dung beetle. Now it is the size of a hamster. It's black in colour and the contestant were to eat it alive. And many contestants could not get through the first stage to give a bite at this Madagascar dung beetle. Now I just wonder whether The prospect of you having to share the gospel is, to me too, having to overcome this fear. A lot of fear, actually, to approach a a person to actually share the gospel. It's almost like, to us, some of us, like eating the Madagascar dung beetle. Now, we have to overcome this hurdle of fear and uh, we have to actually come to terms with it. Now, to share the gospel here, I mean, principally, to actually verbally communicate the gospel. It is not just the living of the gospel or the giving out of the generosity to, to, to help a cause or something, but to actually verbalize verbalize the gospel to verbalize the gospel, very narrow scope today. Let me share that there are perhaps three levels or three stages or three factors or three issues as regard to communication now, this morning, I intended the the, the message to be more of a practical nature rather than uh, uh, a preaching to actually excite you, but of a practical nature so that you could actually maybe use what I'm going to suggest to you to help you to share the gospel. Now, if it will help, I think communication can be broken down to three levels or three issues or three factors. The first level is perhaps we call the self-conscious level, the self-conscious level. The second level is the content conscious level and the third level is the audience conscious level. The first one is the self-conscious level, the second one is the content conscious level and the third level is The audience conscious level. In the first level, you are in the first level, the self-conscious level. You are very conscious of what will other people say about you. How you look, how will you sound like. You actually are very, we are very conscious of ourselves during that period of communication. And it may lead to us fumbling with our voice, fumbling with our word, and things may not come out really as what we intended to be. So that's the first level. The second level is the content conscious level. We just have to get the message across. The content, we are focused on the message of what needs to be said completely. I am perhaps now at the second stage of trying to be uh, clear so that you at home will be able to pick out what I am actually trying to put across. The second stage is the content conscious level. And the third stage is the audience conscious level. This is where you have some kind of um, dialogue with the audience. It may be that you are the only person talking. But you can connect with the audience that you know that what is going on is his thinking and how you actually share what you want to share is actually uh, uh, having a, a mental dialogue with him. So this is where there we have the audience conscious level. The audience conscious level. Now, uh, Sam had just read to us the story, not the story, the incident where uh, Andrew, the disciple, Andrew, met Jesus for the first time. And when he had witnessed the life of Jesus, what he has said, what Jesus says during the time, his authority and what Jesus did, how Jesus conducted himself for one full day, he was Totally convinced that this is the Messiah, and the first thing that he went back to do when he when he did when he went back was to tell Simon, "We have found the Messiah. Come, come!" And he invited Simon to Jesus. Now he have. Being able to communicate with Simon at level three because he already have a relationship with his brother. He have a relationship with his brother. Perhaps in the, his family, Andrew was called the relig- religious nuts. Going around with John the Baptist every time, hoping that the Messiah will appear. Where Simon is probably at home drying up the nets for the next round of fishing. Andrew was a religious nut. But being a religious nut or not, he was very consistent and he had built some trust and goodwill within with his brother. So he was able to communicate with Simon and when he invited Simon, Simon just went, left whatever he was doing and he left and he went to see Jesus. He went and see Jesus. When I was 15 years old, maybe perhaps in the height of my rebellious uh, teen-teenager state, my sister had been inviting me to the church for the youth fellowship meetings many times, many times. It was, uh, she invited me many times, but on one particular time when she invited me, I have refused to go, to all these invitation, but that one particular time she invited me, I still say no, and I went back to do what I was doing when she left for the church for a meeting. i did not know what they called the meeting; it was an evangelistic meeting, but it was a meeting so While I was working on my homework, I re- still remember that real that, that day it was a math homework suddenly her invitation became to ring and to drive me and to, to sort of bug me and say, you must go to this meeting. I believe God had used her invitation to move my heart. And I couldn't do anything else. I could not continue my homework. So I took my bicycle, cycled about three kilometers and attended the meeting. While I was at the meeting, the meeting was actually, uh, had started and already something, they have perhaps done the singing or whatever. What the speaker said during that time changed my life from that day when I was 15 years old to today. It was a simple invitation by my sister. It was persistent. She kept inviting me, but she actually helped me. That to me is the most important moment of my life, and my sister played a part. She invited me to the meeting. So, it could be just as simple as that. To invite, to invite your friends. The message is simple. Come, come to our Christmas party, come to the play group, come to our church service. If they just ask you what you do on Saturday, maybe you just say, oh, on Sunday you say, I go to the church, would you like to come along? Yeah? Would you like to come along? So come. So it could be just a simple Invitation. So that's, you can actually share the gospel in the sense by helping them in their journey. Now, at level two, we are more conscious of the content. The content. What we are sharing. The content that we are sharing. Now, there is another part in the Gospel of John, chapter 9. John, chapter 9. If you have the Bible, you can turn to me. It's a story about how Jesus healed the blind man. A blind man. What Jesus did was, he called the blind man, he spit on the ground, take mud, cover his eye, and send the blind man to wash it. Go and wash the mud off your eyes. And when the blind man went to the pool, washed his eye off the mud, he could see. This blind man received sight. Received sight and then that actually causes a big commotion and people was asking is this a man who we know is blind and now he can see and the blind man say i am the man so they took him and it became an issue and they took him to even the uh, to the religious leader to the pharisees and having a religious debate on this healing but the man man say very simple simply Once I was blind, but now I see. But now I see. Now I want to point to you certain things about the content you are supposed to share. The first thing that it must be your story. It must be your story. When we talk about sharing the gospel, don't be just that this is the idea of a good religion. A good story of how God come to save humankind. It is your story. It is my story. Like the blind man say, I am the one who was healed. Now, if you could not bring that story to be the first person being enriched by this, that God came down and in Jesus Christ we have forgiveness and therefore we have a relationship with Him. If you do not have a relationship with Him, you are not a witness to the gospel. You are not a witness to the gospel and we are called to be witness. Perhaps at this moment, I would like to encourage you to again look at the gospel and say, how can I take this gospel to be really real? How can Jesus' relationship to me to be very real? And therefore, from that point only, you can actually be the person with the credibility to share the gospel, to share the gospel. So, what is your story? Many times, if you, we have Lunch together, like last week, I had lunch with Noel and John and Ruth, my wife and myself have the tendency to ask, "What is your story? How do you become a Christian? And we hear amazing stories from this church amazing story. So in level two in your content, just tell your story. Can you tell your personal testimony how jesus or what Jesus meant to you? In your past encounters, your history of your life, maybe your conversion, or special moment in your life where you feel that it's only that Jesus was real in my life, I knew it, and this was what happened. Can you just write it in 300 words? That will be long enough to, to capture the interest, short enough for you to remember, so that you can carry this story everywhere. When people ask you, "Why you become? A, why are you a Christian?" Then, if opportunity are open to you, if you are prepared, you can just share this story. It's not a religious debate. It's not a religious debate, and they could not actually uh, deny that if you have that experience, then you have the experience. You have that experience. They cannot refute it. Okay? So the second thing I would say is, in the content, make it simple. Make it your story. Make it your story. So, I recommend I recommend to you, uh, propose to you that you start taking out your pen and write a 300 word, short 300 word essay about your story. And then after you've written it, you may want to read it to your friend or, or your, or, or, or to me. I'm open. Or you can tell your friend, you know, I was given this task by my elders to actually write the story of my conversion. And I really want to make it clear. Can I just read this to you? Well, that is a way of sharing the gospel, isn't it? That's a way of sharing the gospel. Okay. That's your task. Uh, okay, now, level 3 is actually when we tra- from, from being conscious to yourself to looking at the content to actually developing a level 3 or factor th- uh, level 3 communication whereby we are actually conscious of the audience I think I can suggest a few things The first thing is to listen We have to listen Listen to their story I had the opportunity of interacting with a lot of Maryborough, Maryborough men in my, uh, in, uh, privately while playing golf, uh, visiting them in hospital, uh, and, um, even I will, I will try to ask their stories even when I'm pumping petrol to hear from them. I'm not giving them any, any, any answers or might say, you know, how, 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 what's your life? How was your life? And many people love to tell your story and it could be very really lengthy, but hear them out, hear them out. But when you come to a position where actually you hear them out, at times they will ask you about your story and then you can give a little bit of your story about what is important to you and through that maybe share your life and share how Jesus is important in your life that 's the first suggestion the father says my first suggestion is to be able to open your ears to hear people 's story. The second suggestion is I can give to you is take it as a journey take it as a journey with your relationship with your with your friend or whoever you 're communicating with uh, There was an incident whereby there's many incidents where I do this uh, I I was uh, living in the first house in Maryborough, and the community there was really, really very nice accommodating community. We helped each other, and I was really, and me and Chin was really uh, moved by the welcome they gave us. There's a gentleman, an elderly gentleman who lived opposite my house, and uh, one day he called me, uh, Every time you just wave hi, go over the fence, talk to him, and one day he called me to help him in some for to do something in his house, because being younger, probably you know he wanted me to carry something, and he was doing asking me to do something, fix something about his his TV. So I went in to sort of try to help him uh, with uh, some success, some success. So while I was in the house, I noticed that I was just looking for to engage him, to talk to him on a spiritual nature, just in case it happened. So I saw on his shelf there was a book called The Da Vinci Code. During that time, The Da Vinci Code was uh, was uh, written by Dan Brown, very speculative of the life of Jesus, that Jesus married and all that kind of thing. It is a story. It's a well-written story, and uh, it was making made into a film and, film and all that, but there is not a scrap of uh, credible evidence that he based his story on. But it provoked people to think about Jesus. So I asked him, hey, you got the book that Are you really, Are you interested in this kind of book? And he turned to me and said, I would have nothing to do with religious things. Religion is the worst thing in the world where man can imagine. And from being sort of a uh, Having a nice, friendly, uh, uh, interaction with him, suddenly it was rammed up, such high. So, quietly, I excuse myself, say, thank you, things are done, yes, I went home. The next day, I went and knocked his door. And I say, his name is Terry. I say, Terry, you know, yesterday, I want to apologize to you that I brought up something which offended you. And he, he was, yeah, yeah, I apologize, offended you. You know, could I just ask you why it offended you? And I would just like to listen from you why it was offensive to you and why it made you so, so uh, reacted that way. And come to my house opposite there. I have a plate of fried rice and some coffee prepared for you and we'll just sit and talk. So he came over and I just let him do all the talking. And at certain point, I asked him, uh, "Can you clarify this and all that kind?" I refuse to actually start to interact with him and say, "No, it's not like that and all that kind." No, no, just listen it out, listen it out, listen out. At certain point of the time, after he has listened, he will ask your opinion. You ask your opinion. If he didn't ask your opinion, so be it. Do all the listening. Do all the listening. And if he asks you for an answer, if the person asks you for an answer, do not straight away jump at answer too. Maybe say, uh, let me think of the question again. I would like to sort of think through to give you an answer and prolong the discussion for the next day. So let it be a journey you can take with them having this interaction. And if you don't have the answer, say, you know, that, that question really uh, blow my mind. I will think a bit longer. But uh you know I'll come back to you and a half, but let's talk about it some more. Now one of the person who came to know the Lord in in our in Maryborough in our man's uh and ministry, uh he actually do not have all his questions answered. He always said, you know, there's one question which I brought to you on Roman. Till now you haven't given me as but down the line. He said, I wanted to commit my life to Jesus Christ. And we actually have a good time of praying with him to accept Jesus Christ as the Savior. So, communication is very important. Finally, if you want to see a good communication, perhaps you can turn to uh, the gospel when Jesus actually interacted with the Samaritan woman, how Jesus engages the Samaritan woman. But we will not do it today, but you can use that to see how Jesus engages the person, uh, the Samaritan woman, and share the gospel with him, with her. But I'd like to draw to you on the last part. The woman went back, and the woman went and told the, his, her community about Jesus, what Jesus had done to her, what Jesus knew. The community went to Jesus, and the community was ministered by Jesus. And the final thing the community told the woman was, it's not you that we are convinced. But now we have heard what Jesus said. What Jesus said. Now, you and I, at certain stages, may be actually having this level 1, level 2, or level 3 kind of a, a situation in our communication. All level. Don't be disappointed. Because it's finally through you, Jesus will speak. If Jesus doesn't speak, I may be able to give the best argument for the gospel. And they may verbally accept what I say. It will be burned to nothing unless Jesus worked through that fumbling way or that limited way of you sharing the gospel, unless God actually works through, we work in vain. Even the first fruit and all the fruit will actually wither away, wither away. So if you want to share the gospel, these are practical steps. But the most important thing is to pray through your life. Be intentional in sharing the gospel. Let me pray. This time, I'm thankful that uh, I'm thankful that uh, certain of you, like Sam has shared, have been encouraged through this series to actually share the gospel. That's very encouraging, and I hope we continue to do it as part of our life, because there is much, much joy in sharing the joy from our heart. There's much joy. Let's pray. God my Father, I thank you for this amazing thing that you through Jesus Christ have done in our life, in my life, and I do have the message of the good news, dear Lord God, having tasted it, having found the joy, the blessing which surpasses all understanding the blessing which we can give to others through our sharing the gospel, I thank you for that. It is a glorious gospel. It's a gospel which our family, all our members of our family need. It's a gospel where our colleagues need. It's a gospel our community need for our country, for the rest of the world. But first, we want to concentrate that on those who we have uh, an arm-length kind of influence, our family members, our colleagues, those we, we actually come across. I pray, dear Lord God, that we'll be aware of it, that you will help us to actually live a life that we are actually uh, being ready when you actually give the opportunity to share the gospel. I pray this, dear Lord God, thanking you. And we pray for the rest of the week, dear Lord God, that you will be very real in our life. With the issues of our life, we thank you dear Lord God in Jesus name. Amen.